Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and with men. We're glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. Winning your own personal battles. Genesis 28, reading from verse number 10. The Bible tells us Jacob, now Jacob went from Beersheba and now Jacob went out from Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set and he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold a ladder was set up to the uh, set up on the earth and the top reached the heavens and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it and behold the Lord stood above it and said I am the Lord God of Abraham your father the God of Isaac the land on which you lay I will give to you and your descendants and your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth ye shall spread abroad to the west and to the east and to the north and to the south and in you and in all your seed all the families of the earth earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you and I will keep you wherever you go and I will bring you back to this land and I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Now, this was a promise that the Almighty God gave unto Jacob after Jacob had done what? After Jacob had robbed his brother of the blessings. The Bible makes us to understand that prior to this particular time, Jacob with the help of his mother had fooled his father because his father was can no longer see. And with the help of his mother, he fooled the father. With the help of his mother, he was able to cheat his brother. He robbed the brother of his, you know, of his birthright. Now Esau, when he realized what Jacob had done, Esau now said, okay, my father and my mother will die one day. And the day they are dead, I am coming after you because I'm going to make sure I kill you. You don't enjoy the blessings that you stole. Jacob now got the story of what his brother was planning for him and now decided to run. Okay? He decided to run. The Bible says as he was running away, the Lord now met him at Bethel. And that is what we see in that verse of the scripture. And for the next 20 years, Jacob was on the run and was living with his uncle Laban. And there Jacob was able to walk. Jacob was, you know, Jacob was able to settle down. Jacob had children. Jacob became very, very rich and did not even give a second thought to what he had done to his brother. He has forgotten. 20 years plus has gone by. He has forgotten what he had done to Esau. He has forgotten the promise that he has received from the Almighty God at better when he was running away. Jacob probably did not even think about Esau during that 20 years. He probably did not. He thought that Esau had forgotten what happened. He probably thought that, he, that by now that Esau, that he had gotten away from stealing from his brother Esau. But one day, Jacob wanted to go back home. Jacob wanted to see the promise of God fulfilled in his life. One day, Jacob became interested in seeing the promise of God that he has made to me over 20 years ago. I want to see that promise happen in my life. Jacob became interested and he decided that he wanted to go back to the land that God had promised him. And surprise, surprise, Esau was waiting. Okay, Esau was waiting for him. 
When Esau got word that Jacob was coming, the Bible makes us to understand that he was waiting for him. And then we can now let's pick up the story from Genesis number 36. Genesis 36. Reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us, Then Jacob sent messenger before him to Esau his brother in the land of Seir, the country of Edom. And he commanded them, saying, Speak thus to my lord Esau. Thus your servant Jacob says, I had dwelt with Laban and stayed there until now. I have oxen and donkeys and flocks and male and female servant. I have sent I have sent to tell my Lord that I may find favor in your sight. Now look at verse number 6. The Bible says that the messengers returned to Jacob saying, we came to your brother Esau and he also is coming to meet you. <laughs> but he's not just coming alone. The Bible says that he's coming with 400 men with him. And Jacob began to pee in his pants. In verse number 7 the Bible told us Jacob was greatly afraid and was distressed. Why would a man be distressed? Please understand that 20 years plus has gone by. Jacob has been gone for 20 years. He has not seen his brother for 20 years. All these years, nobody has brought up the issue that he stole from his brother. And then he now wants to go back home. He wants to go and possess the promise that God has given unto him. He wants to go and occupy the promised land. 20 years ghost now was resurrected. The thing that he thought he has conveniently buried, he will not come back up again. The issue that he thought he has settled came back up again. The thing, the brother that he thought that he has cheated and he has forgotten and that he has gotten away with, for some reason, Esau was waiting. And that tells us one thing. The issues of your life that you refuse to confront today will be waiting for you tomorrow at the gate of your promised land. Those behaviors, those attitudes, those things that you have not taken the time to deal with in your life today, those things, those behavior, the anger, the animosity, the unforgiveness, the things that you have held on to, that you have refused to deal with, that you have refused to let go. When you are about to enter your promised land, just like Esau was waiting for Jacob, they will be there waiting. And that Jacob thought he had, he had Esau squared away. He thought the years of silence must have taken care of whatever issue he had with his brother. He thought 20 years was a long time to bury the past. But Esau had not forgotten. Esau has not forgotten. 20 years of silence has not changed anything. Esau was waiting at the edge of the promised land of Jacob. Jacob's promised land, he was waiting there. You say you are going to come and claim the blessings of God, I am here waiting for you. You say you are going to take what God has promised you, I am here waiting for you. Because Jacob has refused to deal with the issue. Now you can ignore the issues of life. Okay, You can pretend that they are not there. You can run away from them like Jacob did. But that does not mean that those issues will go away. They will continue to remain there. You can decide to ignore the anger issue that we have. You can decide to ignore the unforgiveness that is going on. You can decide to ignore the insecurity or whatever issue that you are wrestling with. You can pretend that they are not there. You can say, yes, that's the way I'm made. I am, that's who I am. There's nothing I can do about it. But I can assure you, the promise of God for your life, when it's about to be fulfilled, those issues will rise up their head again. The issues of life, the issues of life in your life that you refuse to deal with will not automatically resolve themselves. They will not. They will not disappear because you ignore them. You have to confront them. That is the only way you can move on. That is the only way you can move in. You can have the victory. That is the only way you can possess the promises that God is giving unto you. The Bible tells us in the book of Romans. He says that, can we continue in sin and expect the grace of God to multiply? He said, not, God forbid. 
You can't expect it. You cannot continue to harbor unforgiveness. You cannot continue to harbor animosity or harbor one particular hatred or harbor one particular issue in your life and expect that God will continue to heap his blessings upon you. The promises of God will be contingent on you being able to deal with those personal issues in your life. The Bible tells us in the book of Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32 verse 6. The Bible said, Then he sent messengers. Then the messengers returned unto Jacob saying, We came to your brother Esau. And we he also is, and he also is coming to meet you. Not to greet you. Not to fellowship with you. Not to say congratulations for coming back. But he's coming with 400 men with him. And Jacob was greatly afraid and distressed. The question is, uh, why? <laughs> In other words, there were a lot of unresolved issues that, really, that must be taking place. Why was Jacob or you know, why was Jacob afraid? Why was Jacob afraid? Jacob was afraid because he realized that there were a lot of unresolved issues that would not go away without confrontation. That's why he was afraid. Jacob was afraid because he knew that the thing that he thought he had buried, the thing that he thought he had ignored, the thing that he thought he had run away from, he realized that if you don't deal with those issues, they will not go away. They will not go away. You have a problem with a particular individual. You think that by avoiding that person, that issue will solve. It's not going to solve. It's not going to be solved. You look at your marriage. You look at the relationship that you have. You have an issue with your wife or your husband. You refuse to talk about it. You keep pushing it to the side. If you don't talk about it, that issue will not go away. It's going to continue to be there. Jacob was afraid because he understood that unresolved issue will not go away without confrontation. Jacob finally realized that the Esau, Esau that he ran away from, he cannot get rid of Esau until he comes face to face with Esau. And that is the same thing in our life. Number two, why was Jacob afraid? Jacob was afraid because he now realized that every issue in our life that you live unresolved will continue to grow stronger and stronger and stronger. Here was Esau. When when Jacob ran away from Esau over 20 years ago, Esau was just one man. Esau was not very strong. Esau had no family. Esau was just standing on his own. He was just a single person. But when Jacob now were to confront Esau 20 something years after, Esau was not just one Esau anymore. Esau has become 400 Esau's. So if you leave an issue without dealing with it, if you leave an issue without resolving it, if you take an issue and you talk it away, and you think it's going to resolve itself, I can bet you it will continue to grow, it will continue to multiply, it will continue to get stronger, and it will become more difficult to resolve. And that is why people find it very difficult to get rid of anger. That's why people find it very difficult to get rid of unforgiveness. You see two people fighting for so long. If you ask them what even caused the fight, they can't even remember anymore. But they have built so much wall that nobody is able to tear it down anymore. There's a construction company in Nigeria called Julius Baga. Even Julius Baga will not be able to pull it down. By the time they have built that particular concrete wall around themselves, it is very difficult for anybody to pull it down. The issue that you refuse to deal with will grow stronger and stronger. And that was why Jacob became afraid. Because the last time he saw Esau, Esau was just one man. But now he's about to meet Esau. Esau is now 400. If you only take it was just about three or four blows to knock down Esau at that time, you can imagine how many it will take to knock down 400. It's a lot of blows. Okay? So the issue that you refuse to deal with will grow stronger. Number three, why was Esau, why was Jacob afraid? Jacob was afraid because he realized that the fulfillment of God's promises depended on him going through and confronting Esau. In other words, he's not going to get the promise of God as long as Esau was still there. 
He's not going to get what God has promised him as long as that Esau is still there. The marriage will not become what it's supposed to be as long as there's still anger. That particular relationship will not grow as long as you don't know how to tame your tongue. That particular movement, your promotion will not be there as long as laziness is still in your life. You will not be able to get to where you're supposed to get to as long as those personal issues are left unresolved. That is why Jacob was afraid. Jacob understood that for him to see the promise of God fulfilled in his life, for him to be able to see the manifestation of what God showed him in his vision, Esau, Esau has to be confronted. And Esau is no longer one man. Esau is now 400 men. How do you deal with that? The fulfillment of God's promises depend on him confronting Esau. And the fulfillment of God's promises in your life requires you to confront your own Esau also. And the interesting thing is that nobody will do it for you. Nobody will do it for you. Nobody can help you to get rid of anger. Nobody can help you to get rid of your animosity. Nobody can help you to get rid of, of your unforgiveness. It is a thing that you have to fight. It's a personal battle that you have to fight and win. Nobody will do it for you. Now, the interesting thing about the scripture is this. If you skip over to Genesis chapter 33, Genesis 33, if you start reading from verse number 4, the Bible tells us, that Esau ran to meet and embrace him and fell on his neck and kissed him and they wept. Now, if you begin to look at that particular response, compared to the response that the people gave to that, the, the servant of Jacob gave unto him, this man, this man was coming with 400 men to be able to fight. Now, when he saw him, what did he do? He now embraced him. The question is, what was what happened between the time that the servants of Jacob saw him and when Jacob finally saw Esau? What happened? What happened between Genesis 32 verse 6 and 7 and Genesis 33 verse 4? What happened? What was the difference between what caused that dramatic change in that particular behavior? What caused it? Why was the man who was intended on killing his brother eventually when he saw him now began to embrace him? What happened? Let's look at the book of Genesis chapter 32. Genesis 32 reading from verse number 34, or 24, sorry. Genesis 32 reading from 24. The Bible tells us there, that Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of dawn. In other words, Jacob realized that if he was going to possess his promised land, if he was going to see the promise of God fulfilled in his life, if he was going to see the things that God has showed him, if he was going to see it manifest, Jacob knew that he no longer, he can no longer lie to himself. He can no longer hide from himself. He can no longer ignore the issue of Jesus. He can no longer begin to pretend as if Jesus does not exist. He must come clean. He must confront the issues of his life. That was what Jacob realized. And this tells us that until you are ready to fight the battles of your life until you are ready to deal with the weakness, deal with the besetting sins, deal with the anger, deal with the biggest headache of your life. The fulfillment of God's promises might continue to remain elusive. You have to make up your mind that you are going to deal with it. The Bible tells us that Jacob was left alone because he knew nobody can do it for him. He knew that his wives and his oxen and all his servants cannot fight this battle for him. The Bible says he was left alone and there he wrestled with the Almighty God. And when he wrestled with the Almighty God, when he eventually saw his brother, what happened? Everything changed. Because he was able to confront that issue in his life. Though it took him over 20 years to realize it. But he eventually confronted the issue in his life and he was able to wrestle and was able to win. Which means that the man or the woman who will survive the season of his seasoning is the man who is willing to confront, the man who is willing to fight, and the man who is willing to pay the price of winning their personal battles. 
Because you are not going anywhere until you win those battles. Even if you go somewhere, your progress is going to be limited because of those personal battles that you have not dealt with. And as long as those personal battles are sitting down there in your life, you will find out that even when you win the victory, the victory will not be permanent. That's why the Bible told us when the children of Israel were about to possess the promised land. The Lord told them specifically. He said when you go into the promised land, make sure you wipe out all those people who are there. Because if you don't, they are going to be a pain in the butt for you. And they refused to do it and they eventually became a pain in the butt to the children of Israel. If you don't deal with the personal issue, if you don't deal with the lost, if you don't deal with the anger, if you don't deal with your strained eyes all over the place, if you don't deal with the personal problems that are in your life, you will find out that the victory that God gives you may not be lasting. They may not be lasting. Because you have to resolve those issues on the inside. The question is, when I'm talking about this personal issue, what am I talking about? What does it mean to win the battle over your personal What does it mean to win your personal battle? When we're talking about personal battle, what am I talking about? I'm talking about the specific issues in our life that we fight and we wrestle with every day. You know it, I know it. We all have our own issue. Some people, it's just that their hands, for some reason, like to stick with things that does not belong to others, that does not belong to them. That is their issue. Some people, is that they just cannot keep their mouth shut. Some people, is that they have to pass a comment on everything. Some people, is that they cannot see the opposite sex without their body going, you know, you are sending a 1,000 for a vote. There are so many issues. We all have our own issue. The thing is that when we talk about personal issues, we are talking about the specific issues in our life that we fight and wrestle with every day. I'm talking about the stumbling block that we see that always frustrates us every day. When we get up and we pray, we say, Lord, deliver me from this, deliver me from this. And then by the time you pray, you say, Lord, deliver me from this. When you step out, you are doing exactly the same thing that you have just prayed about. The same thing that you are asking God to deliver you from is the same thing that you go back into. I'm talking about the areas of our life when we suffer defeat over and over and over again. The enemy knows you, he knows me. He knows the areas of our weaknesses. And he will continue to press those buttons until we do something about it. For some people, it's just talking. For some people, it's just eating. For some people, it's just spending. For some people, there is an issue in every life. And you must recognize that issue and deal with that issue if you are going to have victory. The areas of our life where we suffer defeat over and over again. I'm talking about those areas of our life where we are most vulnerable. That is what we're talking about when we're talking about personal victory and personal battles. And I'm saying that the man or the woman who will see the promise of God fulfilled in our life, that man or the woman must be with you, who will enjoy the blessing of a fulfilled promise. That is the person who will have to be able to fight and win the, stubborn, win the battle over the stubborn issues of their lives. You have to if you want to move forward. In 1 John, in 1 John, reading from verse, uh, 1 John 2, reading from verse number 15, the Bible tells us, he said, do not love the world, nor the things that are in the world. He said, if anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. He said, the world is passing away, and the loss thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. You will see, every Christian who will enjoy the blessings of God will face some specific battles in their lives. Every Christian. If you want to live a victorious life, if you want to see the promise of God fulfilled in your life, there are going to be battles that you are going to face. And I'm going to just describe five of them very, very quickly. The first one battle that you have to win, if you want to walk victoriously, is the battle over your appetites. First John, the Bible says, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. In other words, what this thing wants. Does this thing want to keep talking? 
Does he want to keep eating? Does he want to continue to keep having sex? Whatever it is that the flesh wants, until you are able to win the battle over your appetite, you are not going anywhere. Number two, you have to be able to fight and win the battle over your desires. The Bible said the lust of the flesh, the, the lust of the eye. That is the things that your eyes want to acquire. I see this one, I want it. I see that one, I want it. And you begin to do the greediness and all the... And all the desires of the things that you want, you have to be able to win the battle over your desire. Number three, you have to be able to win the battle over pride. The Bible says for all that is in the world, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You have to be able to win that thing. Some people believe that it's only when you are rich that you are proud. They have never seen you. You know, that is not true. You will see a lot of poor men who are very, very proud. Poor men who are very proud, they are very pathetic when they are poor and they are proud. <laughs> very, very pathetic people. You don't have anything that you are still proud, but that's a story for another day. The point I'm making is that you have to win the battle over your appetite. You have to win the battle over your desire. You have to win the battle over pride. You have to win the battle over sin. The Bible says sin shall have no dominion over you. But when sin is having dominion over you, it means that you have not won the battle yet. You have to win the battle over sin. You have to win the battle over Satan. The Bible makes us understand that be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary is the devil. Walks about like a lion, like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. In other words, the enemy will take you down. It doesn't matter whether you believe the enemy exists or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you are there, whether you pay attention to him or not. It doesn't matter whether you are even, whether you are fighting him or not. You are, as long as you identify with Christ, you are an enemy of the enemy. So what you find is that if you are going to live a victorious life, there has to be that battle. You have to win that battle over the enemy. And it's a continuous battle. It's a continuous battle. If you look through all scriptures, you will notice that the biggest stumbling block to all the, to the fulfillment of God's promises in the life of the people of God has, can be traced to one or all of those things that we just talked about. Look at all the major characters in the scriptures. The ones that have stumbled, you will find out that all their issues can be traced to either one or all of those issues that we talked about. If you look at Adam and Eve, they lost paradise because they failed to win the battle over their appetite. They saw the apple, they loved it and they wanted to eat it. Number two, you look at somebody like Samson. Samson lost the call of God upon his life and he began to grind and entertain the Philistines because he lost the battle over his desires. You look at a man like David, he almost lost the kingdom because he could not keep his away from Beersheba. You look at him, you look at a, an angel that was highly anointed, whose body was an musical instrument. He lost the position in heaven because of the issue of pride. So you find out that until you win those battles, you endanger the call of God upon your life. You endanger the promise of God upon your life. You find out that you are not able to proceed and get to where God wants you to get to. So all the things that we see in scripture, many of them can be traced to this particular issue, inability to win the battle over those areas. And my brothers and sisters, you too are in danger of not seeing your promises, of, of, of not seeing the promise of God for your life being fulfilled if you fail to win the battles over your life. If you fail in any area of your life and you do not pay attention to it or you do not do what is necessary to be able to win those battles, you will find out that the promise of God might just appear elusive. The question is why must you fight and win these personal battles? Why must you fight? Bible tells us in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. If you start reading from verse number 10, you begin to see. Why must you fight? The Bible says, finally my brother, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy. In other words, the enemy is very, very active. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil, in the evil day and having done all to stand. From this verse of the scripture, you will see that for you, we must fight because we have number one, a very, very strong adversary. The enemy will use anything to be able to fight you. Any weakness that you have, the enemy will explore. Whatever you see, whatever the enemy can use to be able to pull you down, he will use it to pull you down. And that is why you must fight. The Bible says, well, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. So it's not just on your body that you are dealing with. You are dealing with the elemental forces that are around. We have a strong enemy, that's why you must fight. Number two, our, our we have a spiritual adversary. So it's not just an enemy that you can see. It's a spiritual entity. We're talking about it. The issue of spiritual entity. One thing you must understand is this. Anything that happens to you physically has already happened in the spirits. When you see somebody behaving in a particular way, there is a spiritual entity that has already been assigned to that person behaving like that in the spirit. When you see that you cannot keep money, your money has already been taken in the spiritual. When you see that you cannot make progress, there is a stumbling block that has already been built already in the spiritual. When the things are already, the things that are happening in the physical have already happened in the spiritual. And that's why Jesus Christ said, let your will be done on earth as it is done in heaven. In other words, if it doesn't happen in the heaven, it cannot happen here. If you cannot win the battle in the spiritual, you cannot win it in the physical. And that is why we ask you to pray. That's why we ask you to be able to take authority. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against power, against rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. These are the powers that determine it. The reason you must fight is because you have a spiritual adversary. It's not just physical. Number three is because you have a limited option. It's either you fight or you perish. It's either you fight or you forfeit the promise of God. It's either you fight or you remain stagnant. It's either you fight or you find out that you just continue to see the promise of God, but you will not experience it. That is why you must fight. Number four, it's either you fight or you die. Bible tells us in the book of 1 Peter, reading from chapter 5, reading from verse number 8, it said, be sober and be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he will devour. In other words, the enemy is looking for somebody who is going to have for lunch. You just have to make up your mind that you are not going to be the person. But if you don't do anything about it, the devil will take your lunch, eat your dinner, and you even pay for it. So you must understand, you fight because, number one, you have a very strong enemy. You fight because you have a spiritual adversary. We fight because our options are limited. You fight because we fight or we die. The question is then, what is the danger of not fighting and winning your own personal battles? What are the dangers? What, are the, what, what, what is the implication of you just looking at an issue in your life and not doing anything? If you see a woman who has a problem in the household... And the problem is that she cannot just keep her mouth shut. Okay? She just keeps on talking and talking and talking. You will find out that that problem is not something that started in the marriage. That problem has gone beyond. It has started even before she got married. It has started even before she became a young girl. It has started right from the time she was young. And because she did not deal with it when she was young, because she did not deal with it when she became a little girl, she did not deal with it when she became a young adult, when she got into marriage, the issue was still there. So when you do not fight, 
When you refuse to fight, you find out that God's promises for your life may be forfeited. If you don't fight for what belongs to for what the Lord has promised to you. If you don't fight the battles in your own life. Number two, if you refuse to fight, the danger is that the victory that you have may be short-lived. And that is why you see Christians, they will take one step forward and they will take three steps backward. That is why you see Christians praying the same prayer over and over and over again. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.